coming up on the plank. One person's trash is another person's treasure. We'll find out what we mean by that. Stay tuned. All right, guys, how's it going? Welcome to the plank. I am Joe, joined again with my friend Nick. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I think uh, finally we've we've worked out a few kinks that, that I've been dealing with here on my end uh, with <laughs> trying to record things correctly. Um, but of course, you can never ever be uh, fully prepared. <laughs> um, let me see if I can move this down here because you are. There we go. Okay, cool. So, yeah, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, uh, trash and treasure, you know, uh, ranging from going to yard sales, uh, swap meets, or flea markets, let me rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> um, point being, uh, there's always things that you probably have in life, and uh, uh, those things sometimes become very accumulative, and uh there comes a point where you may need to um, move away from it. There are also other times where you happen to own something that uh, you just can't get rid of so easily. Um, cars, for example. I mean, once it breaks down, I mean, you just have a really big paperweight in the driveway or on the street. Um, if you have, uh, if you're a business, you probably have a, a fleet of vehicles that uh, come to a point where, uh, you know, um, emissions won't allow you to run it anymore. <laughs> So one of the things that uh, uh, we want to talk about today was uh, this uh, trend that, I don't know, in the last decade, you know, tiny houses have uh, have been a conversation. And I think it's uh, safe to say that uh, the cost of creating a, a mini home um, definitely has increased relative to what I remember when I first started, you know, researching stuff, because that, that did excite me, you know. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to have a big house, but ultimately, you know, what does that mean as far as your own happiness? Does the space actually, you know, fulfill what you desire? Um, and sometimes in asking yourself that question, you discover that you don't really need a lot of space. Uh, and I just add, you don't need a lot of material. So tiny houses definitely intrigued me at some point. Uh, but again, as I pointed out, uh, prices on you know developing or making those things that have increased people have gotten you know smarter and kind of repurposed a couple things i mean there's tiny houses that are made from uh, cargo uh trailers you know that are you know obviously they 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 hit a point where they can no longer be commissioned you know for um usage and they get auctioned off or sold off and then you got the school buses or transit buses, but we're trying to talk about school buses because I came across a a uh, a a goldmine of of YouTube channels that pretty much show you the process of making your making a house out of a school bus. Um, a lot of people from out of town. Um, and Nick and I grew up in you know the, the LA area, and so we have we in California have this uh this this Crown Coach bus, you know that's legendary in uh our youth of going to field trips uh and these were these were diesel hogs they <laughs> if you were always behind yeah, yeah. one you would uh definitely know the the the, the nice beautiful smell of, of of diesel fuel and so 
smells pretty amazing. I actually like the smell of diesel. I want to, I mean, I want a diesel truck, but uh, I also want to run it on biodiesel just to be hipster about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And, but so with these school buses, um, I have yet to seen or come across one where someone local, you know, that actually rode in the bus growing up um, comes back and, you know, gets it at an auction. Uh, it's all these other uh, couples or, or people that um, drive across the country to pick up this this bus for a good deal and drive it back and rebuild it with, uh, you know, what they, they inspire as a mobile home. It's literally an RV, to be honest. I don't know if the cost after the fact is pretty much the same. I mean, you're buying a used bus that uh, has an older engine that more than likely will break down quicker than what you would do as far as getting an RV. Um, but the idea of the, I guess the quest to get to that, that, that end goal, I guess is what, you know, makes people excited of converting these, these buses to, to homes. Um, so it, it just intrigues me that we get, we're in a time where, um, as cost of living goes up, um, uh, inspiration also goes up with that <laughs> i guess it's the best way i could say that well, what do you think yeah yeah innovation too i think that when people uh get to a point and we i think we have to clarify i mean these buses yeah they're they're pretty cool and it's great to repurpose but i think i for the entry-level person right now it's probably not something they can do but i'm excited to see going forward when the market starts to normalize and it starts to become more of a popular thing, how affordable these things will be for the everyday person. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a testament to our, our sort of uh, ingenuity that when we feel like we don't have maybe the resources or the, maybe the, you know, the funds to buy a huge house, we figure out what we can do with what we have. And I think that that's a really kind of a cool, um, characteristics uh we have as a as a you know species where we can um we can kind of make do with what we have and make the best of it so it's really exciting that people are thinking creatively about this kind of stuff because it's gonna it's gonna help people down the line in the future tremendously when people kind of figure out the kinks of it all and how to repurpose things that make it affordable for people who cannot afford you know regular houses and so I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would say, because obviously, you know, they have these uh, mobile, you know, that I think that's the, the, the emphasis of the next. I, I highly doubt they make these into houses that just stay stationary and, you know, in, in a driveway. Um, but to be able to drive right. it somewhere and not just that, to, to further that thought, uh, um, you could buy a plot of land. Um which then kind of gets me, you know, curious. And um, do you think we'll ever come to a point where there'll be regulation as far as like what you're buying the land for? Or is that something that you, I mean, I, I personally think that we, in our lifetimes, we're going to, you know, I know I'm going to own some property. um, But what that vision looks like is still to be determined for me because I, you know, what people buy houses uh especially in la you know the now 
where they pretty much buy the property, but all they care about is the actual acreage of of the of the land. They tear down the house and then they just build a you know two three story <clears throat> sometimes four story uh, apartment complex or condo building. Yeah. So yeah, I know that there is going to be a point where there's going to be some regulation in that. Oh, wouldn't that be trippy if there was like a lottery <laughs> in the future where like only oh, like man. 50 people would be able to buy or acquire land um, per year? Uh, that would be a very sad day indeed. But I mean, I, I, you know, we're kind of close. We're kind of close to that as, you know, at this point for a lot of people, a lot of people, I don't feel like they think that buying land is even a, a possibility for them. And you think about people that live in Los Angeles here. They own their houses, yeah, and you know, it, people who are fortunate enough to own a house have the land that the house is on. But, um, you know, most people they're living in apartments and stuff. I think it's going to be a struggle for them to see that eventuality of being able to buy land. And then, yes, I think regulations are going to be a thing, and they already are. If you want to put a piece of property on just a piece of open land that you have, you have to have the license, you have to have the permits for the building, you have to have the, the you know, the property tax paid off. And, um, you know, so there's always, there's always some obstacles to that kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, when those obstacles do present themselves, you have people that kind of show us the way and show us how to do things the most efficient way. Um, and so that's kind of a cool thing because even though there will be regulations that pop up on tiny homes and, um, and, uh, maybe school buses that are converted, because in my mind, I think it's a great idea, but I can also think about like, they'd have to retrofit it somehow to make it, you know, compliance to be a home as well. I would think. I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah. Um, I know that, I mean, one, one of the biggest things that I, I guess I could, I I know I'm pretty ignorant about, but ignorant because it's probably, um, probably going to be a, a, just a, a mind bender for me that to understand, but there's, you know, got to be coding for the structure and then you have to get someone out there to inspect it. And then, um, last I heard, you know, be it in whatever County or state you're in, uh, for some reason, you know, they, they have these rules where you got to get this inspector and you got to get this, this coding uh, correct, but you also got to sign up and, you know, request an appointment for, you know, this, 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 this task, uh, and it takes forever <laughs> to get someone out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, while people yeah. are being creative and proactive, it, it just the impending, um, regulations and then delays because, um, you know, how how could our taxpaying dollars not, not be used efficiently? Um, I think it's gonna a whole be bunch a... of bureaucracy, bureaucracy and red tape. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, no, nothing out of the usual. You know, so no, um, no, no, same, 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 same thing. <laughs> no, I mean, what's hilarious too? I mean, the buses themselves. Funny enough, um, as far as I know, in California. There's, I mean, with the exception of, well, if this was, if this conversation was, you know, three years ago, I I did know that there was limitations to how long um, a a company could um, have a fleet vehicle that was running on diesel, you know, out on the road. And then there came a point where like the emission standards went up and the, the, they would, 
the emissions, the idle emissions would need to be converted with this, you know, little conversion kit that was in the in the thousands. Um, so you know, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of companies, they're not going to bother trying to spend the money on something that they don't think is going to be more uh, a long term solution, especially on the age of the buses. And the buses that I'm talking about, they're like twenty, thirty years old. Still look yeah. clean and new because obviously they've been taken care of, um, and the engines for some reason don't want to die. <laughs> there was a point where uh, cars and and trucks and buses uh, definitely uh, lasted a long time, and then as technology got uh, got wiser, um, I guess computers tell engines to die quicker. <laughs> That's my consp- <laughs> I am. That's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. I'm a firm believer of that. Well, we won't. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, we I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, growing up, I'm sure that we had. Well, okay, growing up in the '90s, cars probably weren't the best example because they were notorious for for breaking down. Unless you had a Toyota. Toyotas, I can assure you, lasted forever. Um, yep. And Ford pickups. Ford pickups. Those were good too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But anything else, I mean, I, I if you still have something circa the, the '90s models, I'm I appreciate you, but <laughs> um, the likelihood of that, you know, being the reality is pretty slim to none. Um, heck, even right now, the what the the average time that a that a car company wants you to to have a car under their brand is three years, because in three years' time they want you to come back and get a brand new one. Just the ongoing, you know, cycle of of replacing things that don't need replacing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of an issue. I mean, you know, first of all, who can get a car every three years? Unless you're leasing, then I understand. But, you know, obviously nobody can buy a car every three years. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think it's also there's there is something to say that, they, that their companies are really kind of like trying to push that replace replaceability motto and sort of lifestyle on people, whether it's with phones or with cars. And I think it's because the quality of our products are is, are, is actually getting better. And the longevity of these products can actually, you know, like last a lot longer than they used to. And so that loses the company's money whenever that happens. So right. they have to kind of, they kind of have to play this little balance of like creating a quality product and then, also encouraging you to upgrade as soon as you possibly can because if you just buy their quality product once and then keep it for 10 years you're not making them any money so yeah but then but that's what what uh what you know gets me sometimes it's like you want to be known as you know the best of the best when it comes to any brands. And now I'm just not only talking about, you know, cars and trucks and, you know, buses and I'm talking about, you know, technology, or, you know, all this electronic equipment that we get. Um, yeah, I understand there's an expectation because at the end of the day, you know, they want to make money, but continuously like, you know, this ongoing cycle of like, um, why, why is it that in three years I can't say on my terms, you know, okay, fine. I want to go do this. Like, there, there, there's so many ways that they, you know, cut back on 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 parts of of an engine or on you know um, electronic equipment circuits. You know, like there's 
or software updates to devices. You know, there's there's always a, a, a tactic to make sure mm-hmm. that you do indeed, you know, come back in X amount of time. Um, when, uh, you know, I just want it to be the other way around because I'm sure that uh, us as an economy, we wouldn't be foolish to not want to put back into it. I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of people that, you know, they work hard to obtain something and they want it to last a really long time. I mean, in a heck, I mean, yeah. you know, just in the last decade, I think the the car dealership world is in uh, sort of an influx because uh, the average time, the average amount of time that someone's held onto their car p- pertaining to the, you know, recession that happened in 2008 and 2009 is about 13 years, you know, and they're, they're, they're throwing a fit on over that. I mean, so mm-hmm. what, within the last two years, you know, a bunch of car companies have, you know, thrown out a lot of incentives. Um Heck, even uh, Volvo, they're th- now uh, running a program um, that you essentially uh, lease the car from them. The car has full, you know, the bells and whistles and services for it and full coverage and insurance for a flat fee. So they're comparing it to the way you would have subscribed to a cell phone. Um, yeah. Which I, okay, I do believe that's an awesome idea. Oh, and then the kicker is it's a two year lease, but. Um, at 12 months, you have the option of re-upping and essentially restarting the, cl- the the clock. So, you know, every year you can essentially have a brand new car so long as you stay within the, you know, the parameters of the lease terms. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that that is one way you can keep someone, you know, from, you know, to, to make sure they have something brand making new. I don't know how much that helps their profitability because, you know, yeah, they get another car out of the, out of the lot, but then, actually, I guess that is a win-win because, uh, used car dealerships, you know, that's where they were. I mean, used car dealerships make a lot more money than than actual, you know, car manufacturer dealers that sell new cars, um, mm-hmm. because they don't have to pay, they don't have to pay a cut to the 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 brand, you know, whatever they sell the car for or finance it right. for, like that's that's all money in their pocket. So I guess that is one way, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, one brand is pushing. Um, every returning customer so to speak um but yeah yeah well and i think um oh sorry um i think the biggest thing is that like you were talking about with volvo it's just about being able to compromise with the customer um because you can't just expect somebody like you know to uh just re-up on something that they don't need um especially if somebody's trying to be frugal and say you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to buy a tiny house or whatever, you know, you can't be the type of person that is frivolous with their money. So it's good that there are companies that are recognizing that, okay, look, we want you to continue to use our products. This is how we are going to compromise with you so that it benefits you and it benefits us. And I think that there's, I think that there's a, a, good ethos in that of that you know kind of that symbiotic sort of relationship instead of more instead of just a consumer you know just buy 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 we don't care um and i think that there's a there's a growing number of people that are trying to buy quality over maybe quantity and flash so when i buy a phone or uh you know, even down to a pair of pants or a jacket. 
I want to make sure that I can wear that jacket or those pants or use that phone for years. So what do I do? I end up spending spending a little bit more money, but then I have some I have something that's going to last me a lot longer. And I think that there are companies that are using that model now that say, "Hey, look, you're going to spend a little bit more money, but the product is going to last you that much longer." Um, unless you're Apple. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I think that that's a good thing because we all really do want to get to a point, I think in our, in our collectiveness where we can just have one quality machine or one quality, something that just lasts us de- like a decade or two. Yeah. Um, well, and then, you know, coming back to the initial concept uh, of, of, of the conversation as far as like uh, a dwelling, you know, a home, um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, confidently, you and I, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll have a home, you know, once we're, we're older in our own situations, you know, with our significant others. Um, yeah. Or not. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, for the time being, like, where do we, where should we draw the line as far as, uh, you know, cost of living? Because I know that the, some of the conversations that I've come across, you know, relative to how much you're spending on, a, on an apartment, for example, um, there comes a point where, you know, some people have just pulled the trigger and like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to get a, a mortgage and, you know, because that, that's pretty much at the same amount that I'm paying right now for rent. Um, and there's pros and cons yeah. to that. Like I, the most immediate thing is that, yeah, if you're, if you are spending a lot of money for, for a place, yeah, I, I would want to, you know, have some, some in, ownership of it. Um, because there is a point where, you know, apartments are great, but at the prices that, that, you know, they're at right now, um, especially considering if you live in an area that doesn't have rent control, like that could, that could magnify, you know, overnight and. Uh, it just doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't work out um but then on the flip side yeah the advantage to being in an apartment is that you aren't responsible for a lot of the maintenance or the upkeep for it so i uh, you know i i grew up in a house um but was it the in the best of shape not really um i mean whatever broke we tried to fix it and kept going you know it's one thing after another but, you know, in hindsight, um, just imagining myself in the same situation of trying to keep everything up, you know, it, it, if the scenario presented itself, would it would it be worth it? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, ultimately, like you said, we do, you and I do want to be homeowners at some point. And, um, you know, the idea of maybe doing a, a tiny house thing is also is very cool. But I, I, I kind of like I think sometimes that, um, you know, like you're saying. Sorry, I'm just getting a little bit off track here. I was thinking that you know you're absolutely right about the line that it, there is um, when you start paying rent and you're paying rent and it keeps going up and it gets to a point where you're like, okay, well, why aren't I just buying a house? Because mortgage rate, you know, the mortgage payment is probably comparable to what you're paying in rent. And yes, 
you do get a little bit less responsibility when you're a renter. But if you also think about what if you have to move and then you have to go find a new place and you have to put down a deposit and you probably won't get your deposit back from your your apartment because they love to not give you your deposit back. Right. And so over the over that amount of time, you can end up spending far more money, you know, jumping around from apartment to apartment or just renting than you would if you had a, a, you know, a solid mortgage that never really changed and you got a house that had good quality to it. Um, and so if these manufacturers really get down the science of building these, either their you know, shipping freight houses or tiny homes to the point where they can last for a good long time, then I think that that's a great investment. And I think that that's really what it all comes down to is that over time, where is your investment going to go and which is going to be the most beneficial to you? Yeah. Um, obviously a big proponent of repurposing things, uh, you know, school bus homes like that. That's, that's awesome. But I am also, um, an advocate for, you know, capitalizing on something that is up and coming in our technology with, you know, 3d printing, like, I, I mean, one of my goals in life, I am going to build 3D houses because while it's awesome that, you know, we can, you know, reclaim materials, um, some, some situations don't permit those repurposed items to, you know, go where they need to go. And so come into play, you know, just go to not necessarily a developing, uh, uh, region, but go somewhere where pending you know permits and licensing and things like that you know pop up a giant printer there and start printing walls and you know and i'm not talking about like you know just a, a basic wall like you know literally 3d print a wall that has the studs the infrastructure the you know the to code the the cabling the wiring and just connect everything together like it's doable uh i mean there's there's a lot of a lot of potential there cost for 3d printing right now on a on a on a micro level is, you know, still expensive, but I do believe that, um, there will come a day where it's going to be on a macro level and it's just going to, it's going to change the game because I think while I'm not trying to eliminate jobs or careers, um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure those are going to be there. I'm talking about the areas where the attention is not being given, um, Mm -hmm. that this can be utilized. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, yeah, you're right. There's always going to be a need for a human touch when it comes to house building and stuff like that. But if you could create a way, and I think I agree with you, I think the technology is going to get there probably sooner than later. Um, If you can create a way where you can build a home within a few days just using 3D printers, it would cut down so much of the cost. And it would really revolutionize the way people can live. And uh, I would only throw one addition to your 3D printing is that I would ask that you use hempcrete to to make the walls. Use what again? Hempcrete. It's concrete made of hemp. So it's actually um, okay. its own insulation. It's totally fire retardant. And it's, air, uh, and it's earthquake proof. Okay. All right. I, I mean, just throw it. 
ideas being yeah. provided. I'm, you know, no, I mean that. So that's the other thing too. I mean, there's, uh, you know, while you have, you know, these these objects that, you know, hit the end of their end of their road and then you know get reclaimed to fulfill a new purpose. Um, you have technologies that you know could be utilized and capitalized on you know once once the the infrastructure for that gets there and then you also have you know resources that don't require um little to no um hazards to the environment i mean so the 3d houses that i was talking about like i that actually is a good idea um based on you know you're gonna need something that won't burn down you know um mm -hmm. or won't blow down you know if, if you're thinking you know big bad wolf kind of thing but <laughs> at the same time yeah. you know uh, the idea is you know concrete repurpose the concrete i mean uh, i'm pretty sure world's got a plenty of concrete and you know that um many many nations uh, have hosted these um, ceremonies that may be going on right now. Uh, I don't know. I, there might be something going on right now. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I think it's somewhere <laughs> in Asia. Um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, there's there's countries that, that have hosted, you know, big significant events for, you know, for the world to watch. Thrown so much money into the infrastructure for that one area. Not and be obviously screwing over the surrounding area that you know is underdeveloped and definitely mm -hmm. needs more, more of those funds. Um, but then once, you know, once the time comes for things to, you know, burn out, uh, <laughs> you know that that country and that area, the city, the made-up city, uh is deserted it's you know i don't know i don't know how to justify that um by stating that it's money wasted when i first of all i don't know you know i don't know where the money came from to spend it and then to top it off um if it was meant to only be a one done thing fine but well i can answer that <laughs> oh boy here we go <laughs> <laughs> so actually it's interesting i i actually got to see one of the um the olympic sites in australia way back when um and it was maybe two years after their uh, the australian uh olympics and uh we were driving and we drove up to this giant 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 stadium and it was just massive like like, like you know the coliseum level sort of massive stadium thing Okay. Um, and so I was talking to the guy that was taking us over there and I'm like, Oh, so what do they do with it now? And they're like, Oh, nothing. It just sits there. <laughs> it just, it just sits there. And the thing is, is that the Olympics is paid for by tax money, partially tax money, and then partially the Olympic trade, uh, the Olympic organization and, um, sponsors and all that stuff that you usually pay, you know, a good portion of it, but it is our tax money that is also going into it. And, um, you know, I think that they need to get smarter, especially after Brazil, when they had the whole debacle about the infrastructure and building these giant stadiums and then letting them just go to hell and, you know, moving people out of their homes so they could bulldoze them. Um, so I think that, that, that the theme of repurposing needs to start to become more of a mainstream idea because 
you can't you don't need to leave a huge building just vacant and empty if you could create a huge arena out of reusable materials or even repurposable materials then we would have much less in, you know environmental impact and it would save the taxpayers and these companies so much more money but that'd be too easy i think too easy yeah <laughs> uh always gotta throw that in there there's always something that's too easy in life yeah uh, too easy too easy yeah well i mean <laughs> it so what what would you know what would be cool if down the line and whatever like it's not my money who am i to say how they spend it um i can make a suggestion no um build the arena but build an arena that after the fact can be repurposed as you know housing um mm -hmm. can be repurposed as uh, 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 uh i don't know if i'm going too far on this one but like let's say a, a, a zoo or or um a garden a garden I, or I a fairgrounds yeah, yeah fairgrounds yeah i mean something that just doesn't just stay there and you know become deserted i mean uh, I don't know. It's it, it's funny how a lot of things you know get built on land that could be repurposed for something else. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, um, they're they're taking up space as I you know as we talked about earlier, like that it may not be available for us to, to take because of the fact that they they own it that's the other thing that bugs mm -hmm. me is like you know people you know corporations buy land to just have it like and they do sometimes yeah. they don't do anything with it uh yeah which is sad because you know especially if there's no no upkeep with 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 that lot like what's the point because you have this yeah. aspiration of building something there you know down the line if if the economy, you know, starts saying like, hey, this city is going to, you know, hit it big, you know, you should probably get everyone to move over here and throw everyone that lives here out, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I think there's a difference between, um, you know, like somebody who buys land and then just sits on it and maybe it's just like, you know, lots of land or whatever. Um, and then opposed to like something where, you know, like maybe you or I would want to do is like buy land. Hopefully it's near somewhere pretty. Maybe it has some nature to it. And you keep that land pristine because you want to just appreciate the the untouched level of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there's, you know, that, that those are the two different two different sides of the coin. And it's, you know, I think that. There are some people that own lots and lots of land and it's just to maintain the forest that the land is on or, you know, whatever natural resources. And I, I think that that's totally fine. But yes, there is a lot of people that just you buy up land or buy up properties and they don't do anything to kind of like um, impact those properties or those those investments. They just kind of have it to have it. Yeah. And it just it sits there without any opportunity for somebody to innovate on that land. Right. Yeah. And then of course bureaucracy and you know government projects and uh 
this train imminent is, domain imminent domain yeah <laughs> i mean it eh, the big the biggest the what um transport oh so actually that didn't even mean to include this in this mix even though it coincides with it uh, transportation so you know cities that are you know having problems with with traffic you know the one solution that you know is kind of eh, becoming the mainstream is uh, build rail infrastructure light rail infrastructure um or dedicated uh roads for for buses mm-hmm. or or trams mm-hmm. and it i i i don't i I wish that you know the the optimization of 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 that idea can be more practical. Mm-hmm. I mean on a on a larger scale, I mean yeah, in California again, you know this high speed rail thing that just doesn't seem to be going anywhere but <laughs> it, it it's going over it, it's taking over uh land that you know obviously was purchased from from farms that and, and businesses uh, that obviously the the land right there it wasn't it wasn't deserted it, you know it was it was farmland it, it was meant for growing crops and mm-hmm. now it's you know just a big big bridge to nowhere <laughs> yeah and all because of eminent domain yeah <laughs> the government can just say yeah you own the land but we own the land underneath the land well, so can't can we say that gotcha. we got <laughs> <laughs> right, but can can we just pull a, a an Elon Musk and just you know bore down and say like, well, I see your land and we their land, the land and underneath we, your land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this just land is your land. Down, this land is my land. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Oh God, I, I own this magma now. <laughs> well, oh, man, who told me about that? Um, uh, Japan, I believe there's a um. There's a, a an institution in Japan that is trying to board to the mantle. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I, I it's probably Japan. Yeah, but I did remember hearing about that. They're trying to go all the way down to the mantle. And now all I had to say, <laughs> all I had to say was, you want volcanoes because that's how you get volcanoes. Okay. Yeah, like I don't <laughs> know what they expect to achieve with that. Like, ah. Uh. Just a giant pit that they can throw all their trash in. That's all. That's that's what it's really for. So, so you got this. You know, you got this one guy that you know decided to put a car, you know, running around Earth that's you know pissing off all the flat Earth Earth believers, and uh, now now we want to <laughs> dig down because that's where he hasn't hit yet. Oh yeah. God, that would be well. So that'll I, piss off the hollow Earth believers. So I think that this is really all of this is just a conspiracy <laughs> against conspiracy theories. Because <laughs> oh, the flat Earthers are not happy, and now the hollow Earthers are going to be very not happy because you know the the lizard people and the and the uh, <laughs> and the aliens don't live in there. <laughs> oh man, and yeah, yeah, and meanwhile. <laughs> We have people trying to <laughs> trying to create their own homes by not being involved with any of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're just trying to live their lives, man. Yeah. But no, I think it's really cool. I think that I think that, you know, we're on the we're on the road to having better quality and better uh better environmental impact products. And I think that with the you know the use of repurposing with whether it's a school bus or 
or you're creating a, a tiny house using hempcrete. These are all small steps to get kind of, you know, into the brain of the, the populace about how you can do things that one are cheaper, better, two are better for the environment, and three, they last longer. So I think that we're, we're, we're slowly but surely getting to that point where is quality, yeah. longevity, and we want value. And that's it. Ah, uh, value. Yes. So I value. think that, that <laughs> I mean, no, that's ultimately the, the goal we want. We want, we want value for our value. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then we want that value to be translated into not being broke. <laughs> not being broke. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to go on a weird tangent right now. Just when you said broke, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so sad right now that Bitcoin took such a major dump. <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose. I didn't lose a lot of money, but I'm glad I didn't invest more because man, oh man, that thing took a massive dump. Yeah, uh, it's one of those situations where, it, you know, um, well, okay, so there's one problem that's going on right now. Actually, let me ask you this, uh, and, and you don't have to, you don't have to answer this. Uh, just not a shake, whatever. Uh, <laughs> give me one week or two, okay? Uh, um, so actually, I wouldn't even ask you. I'll just tell you the circumstance. So uh, at this point, if you have, I believe, tw if you have twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin. In order for you to take mm -hmm. out those $20, it's a $20 charge. So that $20 is technically zero. So if you want to, if you want to zip. zip, so it is the transaction fees on that has just it magnified so much in the last couple of weeks. It's, you know, that that's one factor to it. The other factor is that you got idiots, yeah. you know, um, from other realms of finance, you know, wanting to make some tweaks and then you know once again you know it's something that uh, seems like a great idea um which there's a difference between um between it 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 growing with with uh communal purposes and then or, and then um growing because it's become so saturated yeah and that's yeah. the problem like people aren't yep the the well okay so the point of investing as far as i'm understanding is you're trying to put some pro some some monetary um substance in in order to obtain a return on the in on the initial input so mm. yeah there's a lot of smart people that you know are putting in money towards you know the cryptocurrencies um are they letting it sit long enough no um no are, they're day trading it yeah which i mean yeah it it goes up and down, but then you know the volatility of that it just it it, it increases. I mean, I I I'm having a suspicion that um, this bubble burst that uh, a lot of people that I've interacted with have have told me about that's going to happen. It's imminent. Um, it's going to be like a two part situation because obviously the last time that we had a significant impact on the economy relative to to you know the markets with stocks is you know the housing situation you know um banks got greedy mortgages were kind of screwed up for a lot of people um and so that you know that was the conclusion to that situation okay so what i think is going to happen is that these corporate these it may be the same corporations 
might be a new class of, of, of newer corporations that like to think they're smart because, you know, they, they, they began as a startup and, you know, the, all the hipster culture and stuff, you know, but <laughs> it, I have a suspicion that they're going to, they're going to dupe their investors or their stockholders into thinking that their, their, their financing is solely on what the traditional system has been, not knowing that mm. they've been actually putting it into the, all these cryptocurrencies. And then all of a sudden when you can't even withdraw the funds, where, how, how, if you can't redraw, if, if, if it costs as much to withdraw as much as you have in last I checked with my math, that essentially means zero, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if that situation were to happen, yeah. Oh man, that would, I mean, again, that, that, that would be, that would be the ultimate burn for people that, you know, put into this. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a firm believer on, you know, wanting to make some money. I mean, by, you know, capitalizing on, on these things. I mean, that, that, the, the original concept I believe was, you know, coming up with a new universal currency that would allow you to essentially buy things, um, but not deal with banks. But now the banks are getting involved. Hell, you have Microsoft. They have a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it went it went kind of it went kind of south pretty fast. I mean, I think that, you know, the people that really started getting on it in the last 3 4 months, 5 months cuz that's when it really started to peak was about 4 months, 5 months ago. Um I think the people that really got onto that were definitely in there to just try to make a quick 1000 bucks, quick, you know, go, you know, whatever how much ever money that they could. Um but it's it's taken such a tanking uh, in the past month, and and now it's starting. I mean, like I've been I check it every day, so it's just like I see it. It is at a plateau right now, yeah. at about eight 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 thousand something dollars. So I'm hoping that it kind of just settles there for a little while, and we might then see another big boom of you know of people buying and stuff like that, but. You know, who knows? Maybe it'll just stay stable. Maybe it'll just go further plummet. I I'm not sure. At this uh, point, it's 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 you know it's kind of up in it's up in the air because there's so many there's so many moves right now to regulate it that I think people got scared and they started selling off their stuff because they didn't want you know all these governments are coming in and saying no, we don't either. We don't want crypto or we're going to heavily regulate crypto the same way we regulate the banks and it's going to be you know we're going to have our hand in the cookie jar and you can't do anything about it yeah people, um, people got scared about that right well okay i have a suspicion um because i'm not sure how much lower it can go because i at the end of the day i don't think it's going to hit well the goal is for it to not hit zero that it's going down, mm. yes, it's going down, but uh, we don't want it to go to zero because that that would, right? That would suck. I mean, it didn't even start at zero. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, um, what I suspect is, uh, I mean, tax time is around the corner. I mean, well, we're in tax season right now, but I have a suspicion that you know some smart people will, you know, 
utilize that return, put mm-hmm. it towards something. And I want to say maybe three months after that, so what, uh, May, June, July. I want to say July. July might be a month that is worth um, noticing because, again, if the person is smart and they put the money in um, and they just, just leave it alone, like, you know, if you look at all the indexes uh, for uh, um, for cryptocurrencies, you'll see, you know, trends, they fluctuate. But I just have this weird suspicion. Tax time is coming. People are going to get some money that they probably want to blow off on something. And, you know, why? what better way to do it with that? But I, I, I don't know. I have a suspicion that Bitcoin is going to end at a very high number come December 31st. Um, an amount that I don't think any of us have ever imagined. Um, it's been hypothesized, but I think the revelation that we're going through right now is that the idiots, you know, became aware of oh Bitcoin. So now l- let them have their their time. Let the price drop, and then then every you know once the dust settles and people stop talking about it, then that's when you know. People are going to capitalize on it, and you know it'll go right back up. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's when it's getting too much attention that it screws everything up, and that's not the intent yeah. of it. Like it's supposed to be something that's simple and not uh, not to be blown out of proportion. Which you know, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that it's it, it's going to be in flux for a while um, until the world gets used to it as an entity. It's going to be in flux for a while, and sometimes the flux will be really great for people, and other times I think it's going to be really bad for people. But right now, the world is just trying to get used to this concept, and once I think once we do, it'll get better. It just depends on how you know governments decide to regulate it. Um, I have a pretty strong feeling that the U.S. will try to regulate it as little as possible, at least right now, because Trump is not heavy on regulation. Um, and so that'll be fine for the short term. Um, but who, who knows? You know, yeah, we may end up wanting to invest our money in, in school buses instead. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a, it's a ch- you. That's Come how on. we tie that together. Oh right yeah, there. bring it all right back. That's how we do it on the plank. Oh yeah. yeah. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, I guess the point is that it would be cool to have a school bus home. I'm just saying. <laughs> it would be cool. It would be very cool. I mean, oh god, if if yeah, if if I was if I was smarter, if I was wiser, if I had just, um, you know been more aware of what I what the potential could have been and had I not spent it I would be saving a lot of money right now and I would I would more than likely have bought a bus by now I'm not gonna lie I, I probably <laughs> would have bought a bus um yeah I mean <laughs> oh come on a school bus like you know just I wouldn't have it's it pretty yet. awesome and hey yeah being able to travel around and having the you know the whole place you know the whole country as your backyard is pretty awesome yeah so you know, goals and dreams, man. But you would have to be very careful about driving it around schools because you but see, might I would, get. I wouldn't have a yellow. You might get arrested. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I would, I would paint. I would repaint the bus. Like I, it wouldn't even look like. Well, I mean, it 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 looked like a bus, but I'd make it a goal to make it more like an RV. 
at the little side Just make panels. sure nobody writes nobody writes free candy on it or anything oh, like God, that. No. <laughs> that no. That with my luck someone would do that. That would suck. Right. Uh, that would man. be terrible, right? Yeah, you have to think about these things now. <laughs> so you're gonna so, be you're gonna be a bus owner. So. so keep the bus away from you, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ah <laughs> man. Well, I think uh that wraps up uh, this episode of The Plank. As always, I thank you for listening. Um, if you have any questions, if you have suggestions, if you have any stories you want to share, please send an email to theplankwithjoe at gmail.com. Uh, Nick, you have anything going on on your end? Yeah, actually, I made my own YouTube uh, channel. Um, so I have mine, which is more of my personal one, but I'm gonna, I created one so that I can share these videos as well. Um, it's going to be called Hermes the Messenger. Um, so nice. it's my my you know my favorite uh, stories as a kid were Greek mythology, and I always um, I always fancied uh, Hermes the most out of all the Greek gods, and he was a Greek god of communication and commerce and stuff like that. So I thought it was appropriate. So um, that will be um, I'll be adding content to that very soon, but it'll be Hermes the Messenger. All right. Nice. You know, I mean, we're not going to get monetized for it, but nevertheless. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a, a way to get everyone involved. Uh, definitely want to make this a community and definitely want to see if, uh, you know, I could eventually uh, make this a full-time um, thing to do. Um, definitely need to put out more content, but um, I will keep everyone posted on uh, the status of that because... I, I know that this can, you know, become a bigger a, a bigger thing um if uh if I allow it to. So on that yeah. note, um well, and again, thank you for listening to the Plank with Joe. Um send emails, plankwithjoe@gmail.com. Until next time. What was that? That was a car. <laughs> okay. It was so it was so loud you could hear it through my closed window. Uh, oh. <laughs> all right. Um all right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>